Well, I want to give you something this morning, hopefully, that will, <clears throat> may sound like it's going to be discouraging to you at the beginning, but, but uh, you just hold on. It's going to, it's going to be okay. Amen. And uh, grab your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll read a couple verses there in just a moment. But while you're turning there, I'll just say this. I mean, it's not a secret to most people and most of you all here that uh, I love to hunt. I'm a, I'm a, I, I just, I, I should say deer hunting. I'm just a, Really, uh, my, one of my passions is deer hunting. Um, I had the privilege and opportunity, and you all uh, uh, know about this, to go on an elk hunt this year. And um, Brother Letson went with me, and we went out there. And uh, though we didn't get anything, we had a great time. And, uh, uh, but while I was at the church out there, it's out there on the western side of Colorado, and it's up in the, uh, an, a desert area there, and it's a really small community. And, uh, but there's a really good church right there, a little Bible Baptist church, and, and uh, just doing what God's called them to do there and everything. And the preacher told me before I came out, he said, you're coming out here for, uh, for uh, a, uh, a, uh, a hunting trip and all that. And he said, I'm going to do something in the church. And he'd done this one time before. He said, uh, I want to I have a, uh, a camo Sunday. And I said, a camo Sunday? He said, yeah. He said, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, just... Uh, we're gonna, everybody's going to wear camouflage and dress up, you know, like you would for an old-fashioned service or something, but everybody's going to wear camo. Now, for them in that area, I mean, that fits just right in with everybody, you know. And uh, I said, well, okay, sounds all right to me, I guess. And so, uh, so I, I started, he said, so we're going to promote it as this camo Sunday. And I, and I got thinking about that and, and, uh, and thinking about, well, what am I going to preach for something like that? And I'm going to be in camouflage clothing and all that. And, and so uh, I... I uh, I just uh, was thinking about the, the thing about camouflage and about, and, and I looked up the, the word uh, camouflage and it says this, <clears throat> the camouflage means to hide or disguise the presence of a person, animal, or object. And of course, that's what we do when we're hunting. We, we camo ourselves up so that we can have a better opportunity to be able to get an animal or whatever. But when you think of it in light of the Christian life, I mean, that's definitely not what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be camouflaging ourselves. Amen. I mean, the word of God is very clear. Matthew chapter five, we're supposed to be shining like a light. Amen. And uh, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Amen. So we're not supposed to be. But when I got thinking about it more, really, truly, there's one in the scriptures that it talks about who does his best to camouflage. And you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> The devil is a master of camouflage. Boy, he has a way of making everything look good that's bad. He has a way of disguising his own self. That's what the scriptures tell us right here. Notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 says this, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Then over in verse 14 and 15, it says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according <clears throat> to their works. I got thinking about that, and as I led into uh, going out there and everything and thinking about the, how the devil is so slick at camouflaging and making us believe that a lot of things about him that aren't really true. 
And uh, it's because of what he does to us and how he traps us and how he oppresses us and the things that he does. But I want to speak for just a few moments this morning on a simple thought. Don't be deceived by the devil's camel. Don't be deceived by the devil's camel. Father, I pray that you'd bless the next few moments that we have to spend together. I pray that you would, <clears throat> Lord, uh, take the message, the thoughts that you laid on my heart, Father, to, uh, to challenge but yet encourage us, Lord, that though the devil's out there, and as the scriptures tell us, he's a roaring lion, and as this passage we've just read says that he transforms himself into the angel of light, he camouflages himself pretty good, but God help us to be encouraged <clears throat> in the fact that he is not omnipotent like you. Father, I pray that you would help us as we go through the scriptures today, <clears throat> challenge our heart, and we'll be very careful to give you the honor and the praise and the glory that you alone deserve. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. The devil is good at deceiving. He's been doing it, <coughs> excuse me, he's been working it for over 6,000 years now. <clears throat> From Eve in the garden to our present day, and by the way, it won't end until he's cast in the lake of fire one day. Hallelujah for that. Amen. <clears throat> you think about what he did to Job. Let's just go back to Job chapter 1. I'm going to read a few verses here. <clears throat> in Job chapter 1, <clears throat> verse number 7 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? <clears throat> and Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Interesting how Satan goes before the Lord. And we, we know from scriptures it says that he's the accuser of the brethren. And he goes before the Lord and, and challenges God about it. If we continue to read in, in Job chapter 2, it tells us that Satan came before the Lord again. Uh, and God challenges him with his servant Job. And he said, you know, uh, in verse number 3 there, he says, The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job that there's none like him in the earth? perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And then he says this, he adds this, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. I don't know if you thought about that, but if you look that word movest up, what, what the Lord is saying there is you tried to seduce me to do something to Job without a cause. That's who the devil is. And he's very deceptive and he's very subtle in all that he does. Um, the devil is powerful. But hallelujah, he's not all powerful. And he doesn't have the power to accomplish everything. Amen. And I think sometimes we get so overwhelmed by what he does and his oppression and the things that he puts in our path and in our life that we get so overwhelmed, we, we sometimes live like he is more powerful. He's not. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said about the devil that he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. It says, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Right. Amen. Amen. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 1, we, if we go back there and read that, it tells us that David, uh, he provoked David to sin in numbering of the people. 
And because of that sin, because of his provoking him to sin, uh, over 70,000 people died because of that. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, Jesus told Peter that he was praying for his faith not to fail because he said, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Can I tell you, that's what he wants out of every one of our lives too. He wants to take your life and sift you and leave you useless for God. That's his desire. That's what he wants to do, to destroy your life and mine. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, you know what it says there? The Lord, it says, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour our lives. He wants to destroy us. He wants to render us useless. Um, the word adversary there means opponent or enemy, and he's truly our enemy. I wish we could get it into our minds that we look at th situations of life and people that, and things that we go through and all of a sudden everybody becomes our enemy. There's only one great enemy that we have and he's the deceiver. He's the master of camouflage. Um, it tells us in uh, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, uh, think about how he treated the apostle Paul. It says that uh, Paul said that the messenger of Satan to buffet me. When, when I uh, looked that up, the word buffet, it says to strike with the fist or to treat with violence. That's how he looks at you and I. Why do we give in to his whims and wishes and why do we fall prey to uh, the lusts of the flesh because of the devil and what he does to us? Acts chapter five and verse three, it says that he filled Ananias' heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and because of it, it cost Ananias and his wife their life. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23, uh, Satan uh, causes Peter to savor the things of the world. That's there at Caesarea Philippi. It says you, you've, you're savoring the things that are of the world. That word savors means to set your affection or your mind on. You know, a lot of times that's what it is. The devil just, and he sits on our shoulder and he tempts us and encourages us to do everything the flesh wants to do. He's a master deceiver. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 39, it says that he's the one that sows tares among the wheat. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says that he oppresses all. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 26, it says that he lays snares for us too. And boy, he does. I don't know if you know what a snare is, but a snare is something, a trap that is set. And it's, it's really it's a trap that's set, it's used in... Uh, um, on animals that are uh, very sly and very wily and uh, very intelligent, if you would. I had a friend that was a, uh, a guide up in Alaska and uh, they used to set snares there for, uh, uh, they would uh, trap and, and hunt wolves. And wolves are so smart and so you can't set foot traps and things like that for them because they're just so slick at uh, uh, figuring all that out. And the snare is like a wire. It's got a hoop and uh, and they'll put it on pathways where these wolves would travel. A wolf always travels the same place. And he, he showed me some videos of how a wolf would go five miles down a river to make sure he crossed the river at the same point every time. And so they find out where they're at and they, along the, the rushes there, they'll, they'll hang this thing from one of the rushes there and uh, this snare and as the uh, wolf comes in, his head goes into the middle, into the middle of that uh, snare, that wire snare. And when he feels it about his neck, he takes off running. And when he takes off running, it just cinches up and chokes him off and kills him. 
That's what the devil does to you and I. The Bible says he lays snares for us. He watches the places that we go. He knows where you're going to head. He's looking to take you out. He, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18, Paul said that Satan had hindered him. And he hinders every one of us. In uh, Matthew chapter 4, that passage of scripture in verse 1 and 5 and 8 and 11, he tempted Jesus Christ in the wilderness. Luke chapter 22 and verse 3, it says he entered into Judas Iscariot. What are you saying? Along with all of these things, he's the master deceiver. He's the, the one who, who is the master of camouflage. He'll make you believe that everybody else is wrong and you're right. Amen. He'll make you believe that everybody's against you that really truly loves you. He's a master at it. Um, he's also the master of doubt. Causes us to doubt and question everything. Make no bones about it. The camouflage of the devil is very deceiving and he will make you believe that he's all powerful. But I got news for you, he's not. He doesn't have the power to do so many things. I just want to give you five things this morning real quick. And this is a real quick message, short message. But five things that Satan does not have the power to do. That he cannot do. And it ought to encourage you. The first one is in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look over there real quick. And these are going to be real quick. So Romans chapter 8. Notice what it says here. Man, I love these verses. Verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Very first thing he can't never do, he cannot keep you from the love of God. Amen. God's love uh, it flows through no matter what. The devil can't stop that up. He can't hinder that. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Boy, when you're going through those times of heartache and trial and trouble and it seems like nobody's there, don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to the flesh. The, the Lord is there and he loves you. There's nothing can separate that from you. Amen. What a powerful thought, the love of God. The second thing is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just going to give them to you rapid fire real quick here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, first of all, the devil cannot keep you from the love of God. Thank God for John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, amen, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, amen. Can't keep you from it. Second thing, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Boy, I love this. Uh, verse number one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth with all the saints, which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Notice what it says, who comfort us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Second thing that the devil doesn't have the power to do is to keep you from the comfort of God. Amen. He can't keep you from the love of God and he can't keep you from the comfort of God. 
Man, God is the, he's the father of all comfort, the God of all comfort, the father of all mercies. And when we go through the times in our life where we're struggling, where we're suffering, where we're going through, as this passage says, tribulation, uh, and, and we need the comfort, that comfort of God will always be there and flow through, no matter what the devil may try to make you believe or think. Remember, he's the master of camo. <laughs> he's the master of deception. But don't you believe the lie of the devil? He cannot keep you from the comfort of God. He can't keep you from the love of God. Amen. The third thing is this, in Philippians chapter four, if you look over in Philippians chapter four, it tells us this in verse number, I love these verses, verse number six. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What are you saying? Hey, the third thing, he can't keep you from the peace of God. The peace of God is available to every child of God. It's available to every one of us. How? Through prayer, through seeking him and trusting him. He wants every one of us to experience peace in our life. There's a, there's a world today that the one thing that everybody's wanting or longing for, they claim they're wanting or longing for, is peace. But God's word tells us how we can get peace, how we can have peace. Hey, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. God hears the cries of his children. He hears our prayers. He can't, the devil can't keep that from God. Hey, when you, when you voice your prayer to God, there's no way the devil can keep that from going to God. Amen. And when God hears your prayer, God wants to send his peace to help you through whatever it is that you're going through. The devil can't stop that up. He can't hinder that. He, he wants us to uh, be able to, uh, the Lord wants us to be able to experience that peace that passes all understanding. Hey, there's other kinds of peace that the Lord has for us too. In Isaiah 26 and verse three, it tells us uh, uh, that we can have perfect peace also. Amen. Think about perfect peace, peace that passes all understanding. It's Psalm 119, verse 163, and great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. God wants us to have great peace, perfect peace, great peace, peace that passes all understanding. The devil can't stop that up. He wants us to experience that. Oh, the devil's powerful, but don't let him deceive you to think that you can't have peace in your life. There's a lot of people in the world today being a fireman for 15 years running on scenes and tragedies, suicides, notes left behind. People taking their own life, why? Because they couldn't find any peace. You say, it's not, it's not that God wouldn't give them peace. I'll guarantee you it's that they believe the lie of the devil and let the flesh tell them that they couldn't have it. Amen. What are you saying? Hey, he can't stop you and keep you from the peace of God. He can't keep you from the love of God. He can't keep you from the comfort of God. He can't keep you from the peace of God. There's another thing in um, 1 John chapter 4. And boy, this is a, this is a big one. This, this is a simple verse, but boy, it's powerful. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Uh, wrong verse. No, it did. Okay. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
The fourth thing the devil can't keep you from is victory over sin. How many of you are saved, born again, children of God? If you're saved, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you have a Holy Spirit of God that lives within you. And the Bible says clearly, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. What do you mean? Hey, we can get victory over sin in our life because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Not because of who we are, but because of God and because of his spirit that lives in us. But the devil will want you to believe that you can never get victory over that sin that's in your life. Amen. We, everybody has besetting sins, things that your flesh seems to long for or tend after and everything. But let me tell you something. The devil will try to make you believe that there's no way you're ever going to get over it. But the Holy Spirit of God wants you to know that you can get victory over it. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is. You say, but Brother Martin, I've struggled with this thing all my life. Because your, your flesh has a tendency toward that thing. You got to learn to stay away from that, the places and stay away from the, uh, uh, where the temptation is. And, but you can get victory over it. It's possible through Jesus Christ and through the spirit that lives in you. I tell people all the time, if you say, well, there's just no way I, I might as well just quit. I can't, I, I can never get victory over this. You're saying I'm not saved. You're saying I'm not born again. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world if you're born again. Amen. You can get victory over sin in your life. The devil can't keep you from getting victory over sin in your life. Amen. He can't keep you from the love of God. He can't keep you from the comfort of God. He can't keep you from the peace of God. He can't keep you from victory over sin in your life. Glory to God. Yes, he can do a lot of things, but there's a whole lot of things that he can't do too. Amen. And let me just say lastly, 2 Peter 3, 9, you're close there. Very uh, powerful verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The last thing the devil can't, that I'm giving you this morning, that the devil can't do, and there's a whole lot more, but the last thing is he can't keep you from home in heaven. Amen. If you sit here today and you're not sure that you're on your way to heaven, you're not sure where your life's going to end, you're not sure if, if you're going to be able to spend eternity with the Lord, you can know that. The devil can't keep you from that. You know, there, there, are, there are people that uh, if, if you're a soul winner and you witness and you understand what I'm saying here, you, you'll talk to people sometimes and people will say, oh, there's no way that I could ever go to heaven. And you say, uh, you know, well, how? How do you know? Why, why do you say that? Did you can never, because, because of the things that I've done and because of who I am and what. Hey, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. I witnessed one time to a man who was in the church of Satan. And uh, just, I, I was out on the street. I was, had the kids at a park. We were at a park and, uh, and I was just passing tracks out to some of the people that were in the park there. And uh, gave a track to this guy, and he he was sitting on the he was actually sitting on a picnic table, and he just kind of looked at it and kind of laughed. And I said, uh, I said, I'm just a traveling preacher. I'm here in town preaching the church here. I said, just wanted to uh, give you a little invite out to the church. And he goes, Oh, he said, Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And and I said, Well, more importantly, I said, uh, I said the most important thing in life is to know for sure you're going to go to heaven. I said, do you know for sure if you die today, you go to heaven? He started laughing. He goes, no. He said, I know for sure that I'm not going to go to heaven. And I said, well, how do you know that? 
He said, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, no, I don't. I'm not from this area. He said, well, my face has been all over the papers here in town. He said, yeah, they're, they're trying to uh, charge me with crimes and things. He said, I'm a member of the Church of Satan. And he said, they're telling me that uh, they're going to indict me on charges for uh, animal worship. And they think that I've sacrificed people and things. And so anyways, just a really weird situation to talk with. And, but uh, he said, but more, more importantly, he said, I, I know, he said, I've, I've blasphemed God. I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. So I can never go to heaven. And I said, well, I said, but you're still breathing. He said, what? I said, you're still breathing. You're still alive. Listen, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You mean you believe that man who was in church of Satan could get saved? Absolutely. Amen. Amen. He's believed the lie of the devil. The devil put in his heart that you've already blasphemed against God so you can never be saved. That blasphemy against the Holy Ghost is when you, you live your life out in rejecting God and turning against the Holy Spirit. And that, that, that's what that's all about. And, and if the devil's caused you to believe a lie like that, keeping you from heaven, don't listen to the lie of the devil. Don't be deceived by the deception of him. Hey, the Lord's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. John 14, 6, or John chapter 14 and verse 1 through 6. Turn over there. We'll read these last few verses here. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And he told this to his followers, to those that were willing to believe and put their faith and trust in him. The only way to heaven, through Jesus Christ. No, there's no other, there's no other way, there's no other road. Don't, don't listen to the deception of the devil, the lie of the devil. Don't listen to the world today that says there's multiple ways to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's that Jesus died on a cross to save you from your sin. And there's got to be a time and a place in your life where you've come to that realization that I'm a sinner and I'm separated from God. And you call out and ask Jesus to be your Savior to take you to heaven. That's the only possible way to heaven. Can you go back to a time and a place in your life? There's a lot of people raised your hand across the crowd when I said, how many of you are born again and know you're on your way to, a lot of hands were raised, but I wonder if there wasn't one here or there that you're not sure. Don't believe the lie of the devil. You can be saved. He cannot keep you from going to heaven. You keep your own self by not putting your faith and trust in Christ. What are you saying, Brother Martin? Well, just a little simple little message about the devil and all that he does to attack us and oppress us and stay after us and beat on us. And, but the truth of the matter is, he doesn't have as much power as he thinks he's got. Amen. Why? Because only the Lord God is omnipotent. He can't keep you. That devil can't keep you from his love. He can't keep you from the peace of God. He can't keep you from, uh, uh, from victory over sin in your life. Those, these are the things that the devil cannot do. He can't keep you from the comfort of God. And he can't keep you from heaven. Are you sure you're on your way there? 
If not, you have an opportunity this morning to come and trust Christ as your Savior. Know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you'll be in heaven one day.